We're two hours away from the kickoff of BYU football. Ball settles in a clean pocket, and it is cut by Keanu. 20, 15, 10, 5, on his feet, touchdown! What a play! This is Cougar Pregame Live, brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Also by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. Let's get you ready for BYU football. Here's Cleon Wall. Good afternoon, BYU fans. Welcome into Cougar Pre-Game Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. This evening, the BYU Cougars face the Boise State Broncos in Boise. My name is Cleon Wall. Thank you for joining us for BYU Football. Joining me from Albertson Stadium is former BYU quarterback Riley Nelson. Riley, the first thing I want to get to is I want to apologize to Cougar Nation right now. It's my fault that BYU is on this losing streak. It's not about play calling or injuries or you know not sealing off the edge on defense. It's because of me. I, I don't want to be overly dramatic here, but the last time I hosted Cougar pregame live, BYU lost to Notre Dame, and they haven't won since. I sincerely apologize to everyone, and I hope that everyone can forgive me. Now, that being said, I think I'm back to break the curse against one of my favorite opponents of the uh, of the year, but really year in and year out. I love it when BYU plays Boise State, and I'm a bit sad that this series is going away, and we don't know if or when it's going to come back. The Broncos athletic director said he's hopeful that the two schools will sign a deal in the future. I'm not sure when it will happen, but then again, I'm a guy who wants to play Boise State, Utah, and Utah State every year. Riley, you've played on the blue turf. You broadcast games from Albertson Stadium. I know you probably wish BYU was playing better going into this game, but I like it when these two teams play against each other. Are you a bit sad that we don't know when these two teams are going to be playing again? Well, first of all, it's mighty... uh honorable of you to just come out and admit uh, <laughs> that the last month of games has uh, and, and put that on your shoulders put yeah. the blames on your shoulders uh, now, you know as a former player I can only imagine that you're getting a lot of texts saying hey thanks for finally coming out with the truth <laughs> and then also to be back on and reverse the mojo I mean that's the only way to do it I'm I'm assuming you met with the appropriate uh, witch and voodoo doctors and did <laughs> uh, you know did made the appropriate sacrifices to the football gods so that BYU can get up the slide. Listen, I, I do hope that they can find a way to play because anytime you can play good football regionally in your own backyard, it just has, it helps so many uh, different aspects. There's a lot of good players from Utah. I mean, heck, I don't know if coming up and playing Boise State had any influence on the fact that Taysom Hill decided to come and prep it uh, or come and play his college ball at BYU, but goodness, if having more visibility in the state of Idaho even increases our chance even slightly of getting a player like Taysom or some of the other great Idahoans that uh, have uh, donned the Y in the future, I'm all for playing the game. So it's going to be t- I mentioned getting off the slide it's it's always tough to for a team to get right it's it's really hard coming in here to break a losing streak or to try and get right against the Broncos no matter what state they are in they're not the tradition you know they're not the Broncos of of Kellen Moore or of Chris Peterson but this is still a good football team today and uh it's BYU better bring their A game if they hope to get back to their winning ways well before the Cougars face the Broncos let's get to our Let's treat this like Sesame Street. Today's game is sponsored by the number four and the letter B. The letter B is for BYU and Boise, and the number four represents streaks. BYU is on a 
four-game losing streak, while BSU was in a four-game winning streak. Boise State has looked like the Broncos of old, playing tough defense and finding their footing on offense after firing their offensive coordinator. Meanwhile, BYU struggles continued last week, losing 27-24 to East Carolina. Defense and offense showed life at times, but also made mistakes. Riley, was there anything from that loss last week that gives you hope for this week? Just the competitive nature of the game. I really was nervous after Liberty that this team, after experiencing all the uh, all the injuries that they've experienced, and then just simply not playing up to expectations. And I'm not talking about the expectations of the fan. I'm talking about their own. I don't think there's any way a player can honestly have watched that Liberty film and felt good about their performance. And so the fact that they came out more competitive and the game came down to truly a walk-off field goal attempt, right? Had that not gone through the uprights, the game was headed into overtime and, and could have very easily the ball bounced back in BYU's favor. But that was the biggest thing for me. Uh, the defense still, I mean, after what happened at Liberty, I guess you could say they were stiffer, but uh, I, they are going to have to play even more stringent defense against this Boise offense That uh, uh, because, A, they're on the road, and, B, uh, I think poses equally as strong a challenge that ECU did. Now Kalani has taken over play-calling duties on defense. Defensive coordinator Elisa Tuyaki is trying to shore up the defensive line while Preston Hadley has moved from helping the defensive ends to focusing on helping the safeties. Hadley coached the safeties from 2018 to 2020, so it's not new for him. Also, he's a former defensive back. I know college football teams change things up at times during the season, and, and this defense does need a spark. Riley, when these things happen, how do the players usually take it? Good question. I think the reality is uh, they're uh, yeah. You, you use players as if it's it's one group and one mind. I think different <laughs> players take it different ways. Yeah. Uh, for for me personally, I always felt like um, while I uh, of course appreciated and was you know just always starving for for the best coaching and the most coaching I I loved being coached up Uh, I ultimately said like look I'm the one on the field between the white lines that's got to get it done right so uh, but that said players coaches have different motivation styles they have different ways of connecting with their position group they have different ways you know they they can bring new drills that open up new perspectives of players so uh, I think players are I think there's initial optimism but I think that ultimately players care about does this help me uh, do my job better on Saturdays. So they reserve, while the changes are being made, I guess they're kind of reserving judgment to see if ultimately uh, the coaching changes and all the circumstances around that can deliver a better uh, outcome on the, fields on, sa- on the field on Saturdays. I can see where it could, for some people, it'd be like, wait, what's going on here? But on the other side, if you're looking at the streak, I mean, I guess I just think to myself, well, maybe we ought to just try something new. Sometimes it's just good to try something new, not just to try it for trying sake, but, you know, it's just like, you don't, well, maybe we ought to just try it. Yeah, I mean, Cleon, you don't get a lot of um, – when you're – when you're on a four-game losing streak after starting the season four and one, and everybody's just like, "What in the world happened?" You know, they didn't lose Jaron. They didn't lose. I mean, they're they're slowly losing more and more important pieces. But the majority of the slide happened with the same group of guys that went four and one that have now turned around and gone four and zero. Oh. So whenever suge- changes are suggested in the middle of a zero oh and four streak you don't get a lot of pushback on changes everybody's open to giving it up uh but like i said that you you do kind of have a short window to prove that those changes aren't just uh you know not that there's actually substance to them and they're not all just for window dressing or to try and make a distraction while the team continues to underperform 
Speaking of guys lost, BYU lost wide receiver Cody Epps for the rest of the season with a shoulder or some sort of shoulder or upper body injury. BYU has shuffled through a lot of wide receivers this season, but he's been one of the highlights, at least for me this season, especially in the middle of the field. He sent a message out on Instagram that said he'll be ready to go next season. Riley, it's it's just a bummer that we I, I don't want to single out one guy, but Cody Epps, you know, really to me, ever even before that Notre Dame game, but that Notre Dame game he showed out in the Oregon game he showed out. He's just been such a delight to watch this season. It's just really a bummer that we don't get to see him the rest of the season. Well, I think anybody who's willing to go over the middle and make plays, which Cody Epps was, and really he brought that element of the offense uh, into the forefront. It had been non-existent prior to his emergence as a receiver over the middle of the field. Um, He's going to you know, become a fan favorite very quickly because that's, uh, you know, that's perilous job title right there, uh, going and having to navigate the middle of defensive secondaries to make catches. So it was that, it was his athleticism, his brilliance uh, with the ball after the catch, and then just uh, his love and enthusiasm for the game was obvious. When a team's struggling, you need as many guys that love football and have enthusiasm for their position and for the game as possible. And so as sad as it, as sad as it is for fans to see the game go or to see Cody go, uh, I'm sure his teammates are equally as disappointed. And just one quick uh, perspective out there for the fans is they say, well, he's still in the locker room and you know, perhaps he's going to make the trip or he's still part of the team. Yeah, it's true. But if you're not strapping up the helmet, you, can, you the influence that you have is severely, severely limited, no matter how big of a leader you were prior to your injury, or prior to your time off. All right, coming up next, the voice of Boise State football, Bob Beeler, joins us to talk about the resurgent Broncos. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Cleon Wall. Cougar Pregame Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. We're joined now live from Boise at Albertson Stadium by play-by-play voice of the Broncos, Bob Beeler. Bob, thanks for joining us. You're welcome, Cleon. Thank you for having me. No problem. Hey, Bob, on September 27th, Boise State lost to UTEP 27-10. Andy Avalos then fires offensive coordinator Tim Plow a day later, and former Bronco head coach Dirk Cutter takes over play-calling responsibilities. Now, Cutter wasn't even a full-time coach. He was just an analyst. What magic has he done to restore this offense to a balanced attack? I would assume you'd say first he just started to run the ball, and then things kind of turned around for him, but it feels like there's something more than that. Can you enlighten us? Well, you, you didn't mention one of the other things, and that's that uh, starting quarterback for the past four seasons, Hank Bachmeyer, decided to leave the team Very enter true. the transfer portal, and that elevated Talon Green to the starting quarterback job. And then they've changed the offense by a decent amount where they've started out with a zone read, and then every week, you know, as uh, Green had 100 yards the first week, every week he's gotten better and better passing. So if, if he's going to do that where in his four starts – He's done better each of the previous games. He's going to have to complete about 30 passes and throw for about 350 yards if he's going to improve. I don't know that he'll do the number improvement today, but I think the the biggest improvement in the four-game winning streak has definitely been on the offensive side of the ball. How are the players viewing this game as they're in the middle of, uh, after a rocky start, they've entered Mountain West play, taking control. They sit atop the Mountain West with a big matchup, I think, against uh, Wyoming. At least that's the game remaining on the schedule that seems to trip them up the most. How, how do they view taking a break? 
break to play an independent in BYU that uh, can sometimes be a, a chippy, heated rivalry. I don't think they view it as a break. I, I think that everything they talk about is a one and zero mentality, and I don't think that you and I might talk about this. Well, it's out of conference and it doesn't affect the league standings and you know whatever. Like for you guys this year. In the last few years, you haven't had any league games. Next year, you're going to have league games and you know a few non-league games. So I don't think, from Boise State's point of view, I, I think to be honest, the, the, there's probably more enthusiasm and more on the line for this than say last week's game with Colorado State because you guys are better. Yeah. I mean, or next Boise week's State, against Nevada, who's zero yeah, five right, in conference. Right. But yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about one of the things that I think makes this rivalry special is when you go here, there's your people that are here that are going to make some noise. And when we go down there, there's enough people from our place that will go down there and make some noise. And I think there's a different vibe in the stadium with that than, say, last week with Colorado State. There was maybe... I don't know, hundred people or whatever yeah, that were wearing green. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's a different kind of vibe, different kind of feel. So, I think you know, Boise State's played very well. Month of October was very good to Boise State, and I think they want to start off, you know, November with 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 a solid win. I, I think you guys are uh, underrated in the sense that you know a lot of people would have lost to some of those teams you guys faced. I mean, yeah. that, that was a tough schedule. I mean, Arkansas is pretty good. Oregon's pretty good. Um, I think that East Carolina team's pretty good. Yeah. So I think that you know when you inspect, sometimes records are a little misleading. Oh, and four looks daunting, but when you look at each of the individual yeah. games, as yeah. you said, Boise does each of the individual opponents. Right. It might and not I mean, be as surprising. The, the, the El Paso game was rock bottom. I mean, yeah. they, they look terrible. Um, you know, it just it just was one of those games, and the vibe has changed since then. So the last four weeks, you know, they they got after San Diego and they got after Fresno really good. And then uh, Air Force was probably the toughest of the four games. And last week, Colorado State was probably the easiest of the four games. Bob, you're, you're making me misty-eyed about missing BYU playing Boise every year. But before I start crying yeah. on the air, let me ask you this. George Helani is the key for a Boise State win or loss. The Broncos are, I believe, 11-0 when he rushes for over 100 yards. And he had 108 yards last week against CSU. was injured against Air Force, but had 157 yards against Fresno State the week before. Why is Halani so special, and who are the guys who could spell him? Well, Halani is special because I think he, he's a good mix of power and, and speed or the ability to change directions. He does a very nice job. He hits holes. He catches ball out of the backfield well. He blocks well. So I think he's just sort of a one of those backs that can do everything for you. And, and I think if you look, a lot of times, if you can run the ball, you're going to win games. So I, I think if you look at a lot of teams, if – you know, you've said that their lead back gets better than 100 yards. I think it's one of those kind of self-fulfilling prophecies that you're probably going to win the game, unless you know this guy on the other team goes for 100 yards as well. Um, Ashton Genty, as a freshman, has played extremely well. Elion Noah, who is the brother of our linebacker, Zeke Noah, who played at Utah State last year, he came in and did a lot against Air Force. Um, a very tough back as a third back for us. So, you know, I mean, last year when we were down there, Halani didn't play. He didn't play in the game, and and Habibi Likio and and Matt and uh, Van Buren played, and and did okay. So you know, uh, I think you know, I'm sure Riley as a quarterback can attest. A lot of it's up front, it's what's being blocked. You know, if if the hole's pretty good, you know, a lot of people can get through it. If the hole's not good, you know, the, the Heisman Trophy winner's not getting through it. <laughs> so while I played. Uh 
Yeah, so coming off uh, off that, BYU's, uh, you, you were mentioned, you uh, before air we were talking about Greg's call sheet and the uh, D-line by committee that BYU does. One of the things that's familiar, I come from a long line of Aggies, and they dread Boise State while they have been able to bite them a couple times uh, as they've been conference foes. Ultimately, Boise's physicality wins over. Uh, is that an area of emphasis that we just got done talking about the guy actually carrying the ball, but how does Boise State feel their level of confidence is against this BYU defensive front seven that hasn't really been able to find an answer in this recent slide? Yeah, I think that's kind of surprising because, you know, big, strong, you know, they, they give you different things to look at up front. I mean, you know, I, I fully expect Boise State to have their hands full today, you know, in, in blocking, you know, BYU. And I think from Green's perspective, I think – you know he's going to be challenged more today with what is going to be mixed up by BYU. Mm-hmm. I think that some of the other teams, like last week, Colorado State, kind of pretty vanilla set their thing out. They did the best they could, and you know he passed. And the option was to throw the ball. The first week that Green started, the option was to run the ball, and it was to run the ball with Green. And then the next week, Fresno State stopped. They put people out on the wings. It wouldn't let Green carry the ball, but he gave it to Halani and he gave it to Genty, and both of the guys had 100 yards. So, you know, I, I think from Boise State's perspective, you kind of have to look a little bit and see what the defense is giving you. And if he can make the right decisions, you know, our offense is pretty good now. You know, but if you make the wrong decisions, you know, obviously the defense then will have the advantage and can, can make plays. But I think it's going to be a fascinating, fascinating game today. I, I think. You know, in the end, a lot of times it's the team that stops a run. I mean, you look at our numbers as far as pass defense. I firmly believe our run defense is better than our pass defense, even though the numbers don't agree with what I'm saying. Just looking at it and how they've played, not to say that they're going to you know hold BYU under a hundred yards, but I think that they do a good job against the run. And and you know, Boise State's numbers so low against the pass. You know, they've done a nice job, but a couple of the teams they faced, you know, Air Force isn't going to throw the ball much, and New Mexico is not going to throw the ball much, and San Diego doesn't throw the ball much. So you played three games out of eight that, you know, those teams don't make the lion's share of their yards on the, in the air. So I, I think Boise State's really better against the run than they are against the pass. It's, it's interesting you mentioned that. I was looking at a few stats recently, Bob. CSU was held to three yards rushing uh, thanks to a bunch of sacks. I mean, they actually gained yeah. more yards, but those those yards were negated yeah. by those sacks. And the Rams' leading rusher only had 21 yards on the day. They they held Air Force to 170 yards, yeah, 75 that, yards rushing. That, to me, you hold Air Force to half their average in running. That was a, a Herculean effort. And then last week, I mean, if you, if you played the statistics the way they do in the pros where the sacks come off the pass, uh, Colorado State would have rushed for about 40 yards. And if you have a game where you rush for 40 yards, you're probably not going to win. So I think if you hold somebody under 100 yards rushing the football, you're doing a really, really good job. But, yeah, I'd say the 175 yards that they held Air Force to, I give them the gold star for that because they normally average 360. What you, uh, weather's a little bit gloomy. It's cold. Kind of the first real game of the season where it's real football weather, if we want to yeah. call it that. What what kind of turnout do you expect? What's the hype been around uh, the in the community for this game? Oh, today? I expect to have a good turnout. I mean, it's fortunately it's dry right now, and I don't think they're expecting you know any kind of amount of precipitation. I think that's huge. Uh, Five o'clock is certainly appreciated over eight. Because we've had some of these games, you know, either your place or our place, where we don't kick off till eight o'clock. Um, that's kind of a long time. I think it's a, it's a good spot. You know, would we have liked? Would I personally have liked to seen the game kick off at two? Probably so. <laughs> but they never ask me for what time I want to start the game. So the first time they ask me will be the first time they ask me. So 
Um, no, I think people are excited. Like I said, you know, we've got a lot of people here in town that, that love BYU, and, and we travel well when we go down there. I think it makes it a lot of fun. Bob Beeler, thanks for joining us here on Cougar Pregame Live. Thank you. That is Bob Beeler. He's the play-by-play voice of the Broncos. Up next in Cougar Cuts, positivity and a talk of a bowl game. You're listening to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Cleon Wall and Riley Nelson for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Pregame Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. It's time for Cougar Cuts. While the negativity outside of the program is loud, head coach Kalani Satake says that the team itself is still positive and taking the approach that hard work will pay off. I feel like there's still strong leadership on this team. There's, a, there's a, a still a, a sense of positivity and, and optimism. You know, going into this game, they know this is a rivalry game. So this is a great timing for this game to show up. And we know that we haven't been performing at our best and getting the results that we we, we want and definitely not getting the results that our fans are, want as well. So there's definite disappointment. I don't think um, my attitude is to just bypass the, the disappointment. But uh, you can be disappointed, but you got to keep working. And that's the, the focus is we keep working, try to be as positive as we can, meaning that we have to fix some things and, and improve still, but you know, hopefully we get that done. We, we get get the results that we're, we're looking for, and that but that doesn't come with just with just pouting about it. You got to get to work and, and put in all the hard work and sacrifice some time in order to get that done. And this is a really good Boise State team. You can see they have an identity on offense. Coach Cutter's done that for them, and and uh, I think Andy's done a great job with the defense. They're one of the top defenses in the country, and so um, this is not an easy game. And when you watch the film, it, you sit there and you look at it. You're like, okay, this is it's got every bit of our attention and we're gonna have to play at our best this weekend. That that's gonna it's gonna have to be a given for us and you you do that by working hard and uh by overcoming the, the feelings of disappointment. You know, you got you gotta you gotta get back to work and, and and start sweating it out a little bit. Riley, I feel like I've heard Coach Satake talk about hard work a lot since BYU started on this losing streak. So during today's game, what will tip you off that the Cougars have made the next step and that the hard work, hard work Coach Satake has preached is paying off? For me, I would say defensive do- desire and discipline. I don't expect a shutout, but enough plays and turnovers to give the Cougars a chance to win. What say you? Pass rush. I like to me. Pass rush is kind of the heart read of uh, is the heartbeat of a defense, and and pass rush has. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot to do with skill and scheme, but like ultimately. You're one. It's man versus man, right? It's O lineman versus D lineman, and kind of who wants it more. And uh, especially with evenly matched teams like BYU and Boise State, I mean, these are very similar athletes, same number of stars coming out of high school, and things like that. And so it really does come down to who wants it more, who's willing to give more effort for longer uh, to be able to do that. So, uh, I mean, that's what it looks like. He. He talks about, it's interesting he talked about playing your best. I mean, that's a goal every week, right? Um, but you worry sometimes in a slide that players forget what that feels like, forget what that looks like throughout the week, and uh, and that they don't know how to reproduce it on Saturdays. My instinct, my gut tells me there's enough guys on this team who've played enough snaps and in enough games that uh, they can come back and play their best, which whether they are coming off a 4-0 streak or an 0-4 streak, which they are, uh, that's a requirement every Saturday. 
At 4-5, and five, BYU is still two, two wins away from bowl eligibility, something that seemed a mere formality a month ago. Quarterback Jaron Hall would love to play in a bowl game this season that says that the bowl situation will take care of itself as long as the team handles its business on the field. You know, as you wind down and you get closer to the end of the season, it definitely starts to, you know, be in the, peep, in the back of your mind. Um, but for us right now, we still just got to focus on Boise State this, this up and coming week. But, you know, anybody who's played in bowl games, who's been a part of that experience, it's fun. It's, it's a good time. And college football and players were lucky enough to have, you know, these, these boards that represent different bowl games to, to give us another game and to give us those opportunities to go somewhere around the country and have a good time and play football. So from, from my standpoint, you know, being to a bowl game before, it's fun. And, and I would love to be a part of that. And that's always the goal. But, but right now, you know, we just got to go take care of business at Boise. And, and that really will take care of all that for us. Since the Utah State game, Riley, Jaron Hall hasn't really looked like himself. In the last four losses, BYU has only thrown for over 200 yards once, and that was against Arkansas. He did look good running down the field against East Carolina. So what does he need to do to handle his business in the game? Is it throwing down the middle a little bit more? Or is it running a little bit more? It's both. I, I think um, it, I was excited to see him go and take green grass. When a team's struggling, you really need to just keep every play positive. And if that means that the, when the quarterback sees something, Jaron's been accustomed. What we saw during the first month of the game was he didn't see something and he'd throw it out of bounds, right? Like, And it didn't seem to hurt the morale of the team. In this place, you feel like you can never – sorry, in this circumstance, you feel like you can never give up a play. And so if a quarterback doesn't see anything, even if it's one, two yards, psychologically it's just so much better than kind of conceding the play. You're still conceding it. Uh, you're just uh, – your quarterback is just trying to keep things positive um, by using his legs. The Look, it's, it's so multifaceted. The quarterback – two things happen with the quarterback when things are going good he gets an outsized amount of credit he gets way too much credit because football is the ultimate team game uh, but he, he gets to be the face of it and at the end he gets uh whether it's blame or just whether it's the pressure of expectation or the pressure of performance there's also that outside uh, that outsized um element or that magnified element of playing quarterback that there's more expected of jaron today to do what is needed to produce a win here than any other single player on the team but he's he knows that he's known that ever since he was a little kid and has been playing quarterback for a long time and he finds himself probably in one of the most uh, adversity uh, one of the hardest times of adversity in his whole life playing football but he's he's at least outwardly responding to it well He's not been the reason that BYU has lost, but I think he's still trying to find ways to be the reason that BYU will win, and we'll see if he can build on the performance from last week to do that here today. It's interesting. Jaron mentioned earlier this week that uh, someone asked him, is this the toughest time he's had as a leader? And he just responded, well, it's tough, but, I mean, I see it more as an opportunity. And I think that's what the team is trying to reflect is they see this as an opportunity to get right again. And BYU only has three games remaining in the regular season. For linebacker Keenan Peely, he hopes that tonight is the night that the uh, Cougars can put it all together. You know, we just want to play our best game. We feel like we haven't been able to show that. We haven't been able to show all the work we put in. We haven't been able to execute how we want to. And I just hope that that this game can be that week. We're going to come into it with positivity. We're going to come into it with a greater motivation and and hope that can can be the turnout, that we can show our best. Keenan said that they haven't played their best so far this season. What's been the closest thing to their best this season? South Florida, Baylor, a few quarters here and there against USU or Wyoming. I want to say Baylor, but BYU really didn't have a rushing attack in that game. But the passing attack was good, and the defense had enough 
just enough oomph to win the game. So wh- what has been their best game this season, Riley? Yeah, good question. I I mean, probably USF, uh, just because they did offense and defense on, on both sides. But at Baylor, I mean, it's kind of – that ranking has kind of lost its luster, right, because yeah. they quickly fell out of the top 25 and, and are kind of hovering around 500. So, um, yeah, uh, one of those two. It definitely wasn't – I mean, Wyoming and Utah State, I think one game they were tied, the other game they were down, so they didn't play all four quarters there. I, you know, there's this pursuit of best. One, I, I would take a little bit different approach if I were on this team. I don't not necessarily know that they keep saying, we haven't played our best, we haven't played our – well, that's, that's an elusive – and. I, I don't even know if it's like a a knowable thing. Like, if you did play your best, how would you even know it? Uh, the reality is this team just needs to focus on playing better, right? Everybody, and if each person, they always talk about their 111th, it's if each of the 111s plays a little bit better this week than they did last week, and then they play a little bit better in the second quarter than they did in the first, and a little bit better in the third than they did in the second, and the fourth and the third, then that compounding effect is really what this team needs. Rather than chasing this kind of amorphous definition of whatever their best may be just play better and uh, maybe you play your best maybe you don't but if you play them better you've taken a step in the right direction wise counsel from Riley Nelson my name's Cleon Wall that's been Cougar Cuts up next what differences has Micah Harper noticed with the defense since Kalani took over the reins more Cougar pregame live after this on the new skin BYU Sports Network You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Cleon Wall. Cougar Pregame Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Safety Micah Harper has started the last five games and is part of a defense trying to turn things around with only a handful of games remaining. Jason Shepard talked with the Chandler, Arizona native for this week's edition of Shep Talk. How surprised are you right now that this team is in the situation that it's in having lost four in a row? I'd say I'm pretty surprised. I felt like as our whole entire team, you know, ESPN, all the media, Kruger Nation, we all thought that this was going to be go down as one of the best years that BYU has ever had in history. You know, especially we was going to close off the independent schedule, you know, with a, with a strong note. But obviously plans have changed a little bit. We still have a couple more games that we can get this uh, – this, this ship on the right track, you know, right now we just got to uh, focus on day-to-day and game-to-game and just doing what we need to do and playing the right brand of BYU football. It kind of feels like when you get into a situation like this, and I'm not just specifically talking about you, but talking about the team in general, a lot of, of how you get out of it and turn things around is based off of how you handle the adversity. How do you think the team is handling the adversity it's going through right now? It's tough, honestly. Like I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's tough. You know, we're we've been struggling to to get a win lately. But I felt like last week against East Carolina was a a big shift. You know, the defense. I felt like we played a lot better. We got off the field to and gave the ball back to the offense in situations where we weren't in the best situation. We got a couple stops where we held them to a field goal got them in field goal range, and they missed a field goal. Honestly, on defense specifically, we just got to play tough and stop the run and eliminate big plays. I think that's what hurts us is what, when we'll stop. If we can hold them on their side of the field, of their side of the 50, then we'll win games. 
on a personal note, how has this season been for you? I know you mentioned, you know, you had lofty goals and, and maybe maybe the win total is not there anymore that you guys had hoped to get to. But on, on a personal note, how do you feel you're playing right now? Personally, I feel like I'm playing pretty good. I'd be f- feeling a lot better if I had two interceptions that I dropped. Right now, my stats, I feel like they're pretty good. You know, I just think that I got to do every the best I can do each week, whether or whatever the score looks like. And just know that if I put my best efforts and my best play on the field, then, you know, we'll have a shot at keeping the offense off the, the board. What has it meant to you to be one of the starters over the last five games? Uh, you know, it means a lot. I felt like it just showing that I'm one of the better players on the team and it's just putting me in a position to be a leader and to lead this team through the, uh, this adversity. Is that something that comes natural for you in terms of being a leader? Is that something you you kind of have to try and, and push yourself to do? Or or have you always been that type of player that really wants to go out there and be a leader? I've always wanted to be a leader, but I felt like at the beginning of the season, I took a I took a seat, you know, I, mean, I let the other players lead. But I think naturally, as the season went on, I had to step up and be a leader and just I'm not really a vocal leader. I'm more of a leader just by like play. But I'll, I'll definitely say what I need to say during the game to you know get the team going. We know over the last couple of weeks that uh, head coach Kalani Satake has taken over the defense. What differences have you noticed? Uh, I just think that our practices are different. You know, it's more intense. I also think that the practices are more fun in the sense that like the practices are faster. You know, it's like everything is on the go now. And I think that the shift it was a good move. You know, I think that some changes needed to be made just in the sense that like what we were doing wasn't working. And I felt like the first week into Liberty, the play calling was good. You know, I think that we just were we were in the right positions, but we just need to make a play. But honestly, I felt like me personally, whoever is calling the plays, like whether it's man, zone, you know, whatever whatever it is, like as a defense and as a player, we just gotta execute whatever's called. It doesn't matter who's calling it. Whatever he calls, we should be able to execute. As long as we do R111 and dominate the person in front of us, then the call will work. Going into every season, obviously, you guys want to be bowl eligible. With the situation going on right now, has that goal become even more important to you guys to get to that six-win mark? Oh, yeah, for sure. Every year, I mean, the goal is to go undefeated, finish the season top 25, win the rivalries, you know, protect Lavelle's house. Obviously, this year we ha- we're not ranked top 25 anymore. You know, we've lost a couple games at home. So far, we've beat Utah State and, you know, went against Boise State. Well, at least we'll get accomplished one goal of winning the rivalries. Our season could really turn around with a big win against Boise State at Boise State and a big win against Stanford. Because Stanford's a really tough team, you know, that I visited them. They they pride themselves on uh, having intellectual brutality, you know, just being strong-minded. And they beat Notre Dame. So I felt like if we go in there and uh, we played a great game against Notre Dame, we feel that we should have won that game. So we feel like, you know, we're going to match it pretty good against Stanford. And if we do what we're supposed to do, we'll come out victorious. So you mentioned Boise and and their season's been a little different because they actually started out struggling this year. And over the last month or so, they've turned things around. What are your impressions of this Broncos team, knowing that you have to go up to Boise to play? Uh, they're, you know, they're a strong team. You know, they, they handled adversity from the beginning of the season and they turned their season around. You know, they, they know what this game is. You know, they know how important this game is. And they beat us last year at our house. And we felt like, you know, we, we remember that. You know, I didn't play last year, so I definitely remember that watching them from the sidelines. And I felt like that's just extra motivation this year, knowing that, you know, we need a win. We need to get back on the winning streak. 
and that we lost to them last year and it's a rivalry game, that's just extra motivation. And we're going to be ready this week. All right, Michael, let's wrap things up with the final four questions. What is your favorite class at BYU? I say my ethics, my ethics class. I have that with Cody Epps. So, and uh, we have a really cool professor. It's just really just uh, talking about ethical decisions in the business, uh, the business field at the job forces and stuff like that. All right. Which is better, the book or the movie? The movie. Always the movie? Always the movie. I don't like because- to That's why. So, <laughs> like, yeah, look, just- Micah, I'm, in, I'm the same boat. You don't have to apologize to me. I'm in the exact same way. What's the first thing you would buy if you inherited a million dollars? I'd buy a new car because, I mean, I have a nice car, but it's, it's old and it's, uh, you know, it's been having a lot of car problems. So I feel like a car would be nice. Do you have your eye on anything? That, like if you had a million dollars, at that point, money is no object. So do you know what you'd buy? I got a Beamer right now, so I'll probably just get a new Beamer. Very nice. All right, last question. And you've only been here for a couple of seasons, but what will you remember most about the era of independence as it comes to a close? I would say just the teams that we played. I think that's what's most noticeable about being independent is the fact that we get to play a team from every conference every week, you know what I mean? or every year you're playing against different teams, which is I think is amazing. That's one of the reasons why I came here in the sense that I got to play teams from the Pac-12, the SEC, ACC, Mountain West. I think that's cool in the sense that like every week you got to be ready. Like You can be on the East Coast this week. You can be on the West Coast this week. You might be in the Midwest the next week. I think it's just like, you know, you just got to be flexible and you just got to be – we talk about being able to play in all types of weathers and, you know, just being strong-minded and just being able to adapt. Micah, thank you so much for the time. I appreciate it. Good luck up in Boise, and uh, we'll see if we can get a couple of those picks and uh, seal the victory for the Cougs. Appreciate the time, man. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Coming up next, the Manga Miracle finally appears and our look back on the best wins of independence. You're tuned into Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Cleon Wall and Riley Nelson for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live presented by Mountain America Credit Union. It's now time for the best wins in independence, and this week it's BYU at Nebraska. The date, September 5th, 2015. The venue, Memorial Stadium in Lincoln, Nebraska. It was the season opener, and Taysom Hill started strong. And behind his play, BYU would lead 24-14 to at the half. Unfortunately for Taysom, a Liz Frank injury would take him out of the game and end his 2015 season. Then it was Mangum time. Tanner Mangum made his BYU de- debut, despite returning home from his mission just a month earlier. The third quarter would belong to the Huskers, who fight back for a 28-24 lead with 5.31 left in the third. BYU would pull to within a point at 28-27 with 7.51 left in the game. After a tackle for loss by Fred Warner, Nebraska would punt, and BYU would take over for what would turn out to be one of the greatest plays in BYU football history. It was fourth down at the Husker 42-yard line, one second remaining, and BYU trailing 28-27. Mangum would roll out. And he would huck it down the field, and he found Mitch Matthews right close to the end zone. In fact, Mitch had to fight to get in there at the goal line. It was the game-winning score. It was called the Mangum Miracle. Let's hear some highlights from ESPN and also the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell. 
Hill, that is a design run for the quarterback, and it's a touchdown. This offense is going to have to rally around the true freshman, Tanner Mangum. His first appearance in a BYU game. Still no word from the sideline about what's wrong with Taysom Hill. See, Hill looks like he's looking for his helmet and wants to come back in. Problems on the handoff, and it's recovered by BYU's Fred Warner. Just a simple exchange. They failed to convert in a similar situation a moment ago. Settled for a field goal, not this time. As Chris said the last time, throw the football. They did, and Mitch Matthews scored. Mangum running out of time. Takes off running, dives ahead near the first down, out in 10. The clock is running now after the ready for play. Hine up the middle. Wow. They have no timeout. Last play of the game. Snap, Tanner. Backpedal. Sprint out to the right. He's got time. Loads up. Launches it. Goes for the end zone. The ball's in the air. It drops at the goal line. I think he caught it for a touchdown. He got it. He got it. He got it. Touchdown, Mick Matthews. The Cougars win it. The Cougars win it. The ruling on the field is a touchdown. The previous play is under further review. The play is under review. It's called a touchdown. Mitch Matthews caught it at the goal line. Fell into the end zone. The Cougars appear to have won the game. The Memorial Miracle. The ruling on the field of a touchdown is confirmed. Game over. The Cougars win it. I've said it before and I'll say it again. The Cougars win it on the final play of the game. Oh, 33-28 is your final. Holy cow. You know, Riley, Memorial Miracle, Manga Miracle, whatever you want to call it, it was an, it was a fun play, but probably even more impressive is the fact that Tanner Mangan comes in the game and he's able to lead BYU to a victory. You've had to come into the middle of a game before. What's that like for a quarterback coming in cold? Well, and a month back off his mission. Exactly. The, the, the biggest thing I remember about that is like being like, man, he barely got – he needed uh, – this wasn't like a 60-yard, you know. It, the ball was on, I think, like the 40 or maybe just inside the 40. Uh, Tanner threw it from like the 41, and he barely got it to the end zone. <laughs> it's like – but I do remember being there. It, it wasn't in a game to win, you know, to beat Nebraska at Nebraska, but I do remember getting back from my mission and being like, come on, lefty, you know, my left arm. You got more <laughs> in you than only than 40 measly yards. But uh, it was just enough that day, and, of course – uh, Mitch was affectionately nicknamed Stilts when uh, he I played with Mitch well a year before his mission and then a year when he came back but affectionately nicknamed Stilts and good thing he had the, that big old body and those big long limbs because he needed every inch of it to muscle that thing across the <laughs> goal line that was such a great memory and such a play that uh, a great play from Independence that will not just be remembered from the era but as an all time play in Cougar history. Alright thanks a lot Riley coming up next we'll visit with the voice Gregor Bell Cougar pregame live continues next on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Cleon Wall and Riley Nelson for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live. It's presented by Mountain America Credit Union. It's now time to visit with The Voice. And joining us now is The Voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell. Greg, earlier this week we heard that Cody Epps is done for the season, which is a major bummer for me and I'm sure for the team too because he was finally able to show what he could do. When it comes to health for this game, any good news that we can pass along to Cougar fans? Well, uh, hmm. 
How about oh, just dang it? How, what how about, a depressing start to the how, interview. How about just news? <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not sure anybody expected uh, Kingsley Suamataia to be missing today, but oh. he'll not he'll not play tonight. So um, you can add one more. Uh, maybe to the uh, list of walking wounded. So uh, no Kingsley tonight. Um, no Gunnar Romney remains out. Uh, Cody was already out, as you talked about. Chris Brooks remains out. Mason Faka, who was a new one, he's out. So he was depth, but uh, now you're down to Lopini Katoa, Miles Davis, and Hinkley Ropati as the only available running backs for BYU now. Uh, that linebacker trio remains out. Uh, Wilgar Tuli Ayu, uh, which has an injury from last week. Neither Wilgar nor Tuli available to come back. And uh, so you're going to see the starting trio of linebackers be Pepe Tanuvasa, Ben Bywater, and Keenan Peely. Jackson Kafusi, Morgan Piper, Josh Wilson, Micah Wilson, Bodie Schoonover, among some players now in the mix at linebacker as BYU explores some depth that way. So uh, Logan Peely would also be an option at linebacker as well uh, amongst the younger players. So, uh, yeah. Nobody really coming back, Cleon, and uh, and more players uh, leaving, as it turns out. So physically, obviously, they got some issues uh, on the roster. Greg, what's your sense for mentally and the players' hunger for this game to really get off the slide? I guess what I'm asking is, has this team still got fight in them, or are they content to kind of play out the rest of these three games and and move on? I think we need to wait and see how it all shows in front of us tonight um you know Boise's a team that uh once they get teams behind here at home tend to keep them that way teams rarely come back in the second half and 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 launch comeback victories against BYU so let's see how the Cougars play early and really early is not really too much the issue I mean the, the Cougars have been a good first quarter team generally speaking it's the second quarter that seems to just take the steam out of BYU and and then having a difficult time recovering they since Kalani's been the head coach, BYU doesn't have uh, a lot of second-half comebacks. Um, you know, I think I think 10 points is the largest halftime deficit they've ever overcome, which is not a big number. I think 12 points is the largest overall comeback. Again, not a big number. And so uh, when you get BYU down, teams have been able to tend to, to keep BYU down. And Boise is one of those teams that, especially here at home, uh, kind of tends to put the hammer down. Now, this is not a typical Boise State team in terms of, uh, you know, Khalil Shakir most recently comes to mind. He's now in the NFL with the Buffalo Bills, but those kinds of players were kind of the norm for Boise over time, and that's not really how they do it this year. Um, they, they, they kind of spread it around, but really modest passing numbers for their leading receivers. It's the ground game. They just want to ground and pound and drain clock and win possession time, and when they've won possession time this year, they've won every game. In fact, I don't think Andy Avalos has lost a game yet when his team has had the possession time advantage. And so that's Boise State right now. It's it's George Holani and Ashton Genty and Talon Green. Run, 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 move the sticks and keep the other, team off, other team's offense off the field. They're not a big play team. Um, BYU's a bigger play team right now than Boise State. And again, that's not normally the case when you think of Boise State. So uh, I really do think it's going to come down to BYU having to improve upon that first down number that Boise's preventing. Uh, Boise's allowing only 11 first downs per game. It's, a, it's, it's just such a low wow. number. Wow. And, and, uh, and, and BYU has to push that thing closer to 20, I think, to have a shot in this one. You know, it's interesting, Greg, that you mentioned what you did because earlier I was thinking, man, last year's game against Boise, it was turnovers by BYU and really clock control by Boise that won the game for them. So I guess it's just what Andy Avalos likes to do. Greg, this might be the last time BYU plays in Boise for a long time. You've called each BYU-Boise State game. 
what's your favorite game? If I had to pick one, I'd probably have to say that one from a few years ago, 2019, when Baylor Romney was the starting quarterback. That's probably my favorite. But what's your fa- what's been your favorite? I, I, I got to go with my man Mitch Mitchell Jurgens. Have to, <laughs> yeah, at, at home and and the touchdown catch by Mitch, the uh, the uh, the kind of Kua interception to seal the deal. That's got to be my favorite. All right, Greg, thank you so much for joining us here with our visit with the voice. It's time for you to go get ready, and also for Riley Nelson to go. Riley, thanks a thanks a ton for joining me here on Cougar Pregame Live. Cougar Pregame Live. Well, we've got more of it coming up next. Mitchell Jurgens, he's going to join me on the other side. Hopefully, 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 he will forgive me for uh, for overlooking the fact that he caught the other Mangum Miracle touchdown, and uh, I picked one from 2019. I think it's recency bias. I think that was the problem. But anyway, Mitchell Jurgens, he's going to join me on the other side. But first, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Cleon Wall. Cougar Pregame Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. The BYU Cougars are getting ready to face the Broncos from Boise State. I'm joined now by sideline reporter Mitchell Jurgens. Mitchell, I just... uh, I just asked Greg his favorite BYU-Boise State game, and I said, oh, I really love that 2019 game. And then he brings up the you know one where you caught the <laughs> touchdown. So, yeah, sorry about that. That was back in 2015. Uh, uh, hopefully you can forgive me. Can you? Hey, yeah, always forgiven. <laughs> Mitch, thanks a lot. Uh, I want to talk to you about wide receivers. Uh, I've been impressed with the wideouts this season, even though several of them have been injured at different parts of the season. It just seems like plug-and-play for, you know, or the next guy up, whatever you want to say. You know, I'm, I'm bummed Cody Epps is done for the season. Uh, who's impressed you so far this season for BYU when it comes to wide receivers? And who do you also think is going to possibly have a breakout game, especially knowing that Cody Epps is not playing and we know Gunnar Romney is not going to play in this game too? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, as far as who's impressed me the most, I, I've got to go with Cody Epps. It was unfortunate that we lost him, uh, that BYU lost him to injury. Uh, we're not going to see him tonight. Um, but this year, he's just been so much fun to watch. Um, electric after the catch. I mean, what he can do with his legs, with the ball in his hands, is is just remarkable um but you know and and i think that's what most people will as you think about cody it's that's the first thing that comes to mind but he's got incredible and reliable hands i mean the amount of contested third down catches um he's he's just been such a playmaker and and the fact that he's only a freshman i think these byu fans can get super excited to see what his future is going to look like here at byu because um he's he's just been nothing short of um impressive uh this season so far for for byu you um as far as tonight who has the big game um you know i, I always want to say puka because he is the playmaker on the offense um, but i think i think keanu hill can have a big game tonight um I, i'm sure with just how stingy this boise state defense has been um they're gonna have a game plan for puka um and, and i my guess is they're gonna make it difficult for him to get open to make plays and so it could be that uh, less uh, that more likely um uh, you know, not as star player in Keanu Hill um, to have a big game and be the go-to target for Jaron. So I could see that happening. Um, they're going to have the work cut out because this Boise defense is, um, they, they've been spectacular this season. So uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, eyes, on, eyes on Keanu Hill tonight. It, it's really going to be interesting to see BYU's rushing attack 
to see how they do tonight. They are down a few guys, too. But Boise State's rush defense is so impressive right now, only allowing 21 yards to Colorado State starting running back, only allowing 175 total yards to Air Force. Uh, so yep. Jaron Hall... I mean, when I say total yards, total rushing yards, I should say. Jaron Hall, I mean, this could be a game where we could see him break out. We'll have to see. Now, something that is concerning for me is BYU has gone from tight end U to tight end who? Now, hear me out. We we know who the main guy is. Guy is. It's Isaac Rex. He has 14 catches on the season, and the tight ends overall have 33 total receptions on the season. I guess because I've seen what BYU can do with tight ends in the past, and maybe it's unfair to these guys right now or how the offense is being called or where Jaron's deciding to throw the ball, but I guess I just ha- I expected a little bit more out of the tight ends this season. Why haven't we been seeing more passes to them, and, and what does passing to the tight end do for your team? Yes, yeah, so something I've learned actually uh, this season from Riley in our post-game analysis, um, specifically when we're talking about Jaron's lack of throws over the middle of the field or even the utilization of the tight ends, is that this could actually be by design from Aaron Roderick um, to protect the football. Um, and, and BYU has done just that. I mean, you look at Jaron Hall's statistics. He's thrown through nine games, 21 touchdowns, just three interceptions. That's one interception every three games, and that's 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 really impressive. And and, and definitely, as you look at this offense, the design and the structure is to protect the football. Um, and so just with that said, it could be not necessarily that Isaac isn't trusted or um, or isn't a playmaker in this offense because we've seen that he can. But, you know, the, the protect the football mindset can come with those lack of throws over the middle to ensure that we're going to march. Uh, BYU is going to march down the field and do so in a very smart, effective way. Um, but but secondly, I, I I, you know, I, I think Isaac Rex is a fabulous player, but if you look at the playmakers on the offense, especially at the skill position, um, I wouldn't say that he's the most athletic or best skill player on the offense. Um, he's competing for targets with, I mean, we've, we've mentioned these guys' names already, but Puka, um, Cody Epps, Keanu Hill, Chase Roberts, Gunnar Romney, um, Braden Cosper even. I mean, these are, these are really talented players, and when you have so many um, targets to throw to, it's going to make it challenging to get your tight end active and in the game. Um, when you have so many weapons at receiver, and so um, I don't necessarily think it's 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 a huge hit to the offense and their production that you have to throw to the tight end, with, especially if you're getting offensive production outside of that. Um, to, to answer your second question, though, um, uh, obviously passing to a tight end, what it can do for an offense, um, I, I mean, it, it, it gives you another weapon. It gives you some play-action creativity for an offensive coordinator, um, a downfield middle target who can you know pick apart zones and get open. And so it definitely can be utilized, um, but as you look at the season, just hasn't been as necessary with the weapons that Jaron has on the outside. Now, Mitch was a guest on the Behind the Mic podcast earlier this week. I'm sorry, a little shameless plug here. I'm the host of that. Uh, So please go and download and subscribe and all that other stuff. So if you want to go listen to it, go listen to it. Anyway, when we were talking earlier this week, Mitch, we talked about doing your 111th. And in there you said it's good that if you you do your 111th on defense, but it's also good if you have a playmaker that can help you on defense. Who do you think can be that guy in this game that not only does his 111th, but, I don't know, maybe causes a turnover, you know, uh, you know a scoop and score fumble or anything like that? Who, who do you think that guy can be for BYU on defense? Yeah, tonight, it's uh, my 
my guess is it's going to have to be either Keenan Peely or Ben Bywater. Um, with with how much Boise State's going to try and um, pound pound the football on the ground, um, I think those two players are going to have a big game. They're probably going to be high on the stat sheet as far as tackles go, uh, but they're going to be needed to potentially come up with a you know a big strip uh, a, a strip to the running back, uh, force a fumble, create a turnover, um, and and so I think those are the two players you've got to look to that they can be the one to, to make a difference in this game. Um, they also they wear a C you know with captain and an alternate captain on their chest. These are leaders on the defense that I think need to step up and be that playmaker because this BYU offense they may struggle to, to move the to move the sticks to, um, to to punch the ball in the end zone with just how stingy this this Boise State defense is. And so how much you know how um, necessary could it be that a turnover could be the difference maker in this game that gives the offense good field position to punch in a score and potentially take a you know uh, come away with a win here uh, here in a tough Boise crowd today. Mitch, before I let you go, are you shedding a tear too because? We don't know if and when we're going to be. You're going to be on the sidelines at Boise again. Are you going to possibly maybe sneak some blue turf home with you? Hey, who knows? Uh, maybe I think I should actually put it uh, put it in the collections box. So um, it's uh, yeah, it's sad to see this rivalry go away uh, for the time being. I, I'm I'm a um, hoper that uh, it will get back on the season or the schedule at some point. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a, a tough to see this this rivalry not be played week uh, year after year. Just watch out for the security guards if you go for that turf. <laughs> Sounds hey, good. Hey, Mitch, thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks, Cleon. All right, that's Mitchell, Mitchell Jurgens joining us here on Cougar Pregame Live. On the other side, we'll hear from Broncos coach Andy Avalos. That's on Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Cleon Wall. Cougar Pregame Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. We're getting you ready for BYU and Boise State. Broncos head coach Andy Avalos has had an interesting season. He fired his offensive coordinator, and now his offense is playing a lot better. His defense is really solid. Now he's getting ready to take on a BYU team that he upset last year in Provo. And even though the Cougars have lost four straight, he's not taking, he's not talking like they've lost four straight. You know, the utmost respect for what Kalani has done at BYU and, and the program he's built. They've played a schedule this year. You know, the competition they've played against, uh, you know, the teams are 30 and 11, and he's played a bunch of ranked teams, you know, beat ranked teams. Um, offense is very high powered. Quarterback is extremely experienced with a wide receiver core that is explosive, big, and a run game that has been very productive over the course of the last couple years, not only this season, but the last couple years. Uh, They're big up front and they move really well with the mid-zone schemes that they run and what comes with it is the play actions and the things off. They've always had a really good defense uh, with guys that move around and play physical and get to the ball. Uh, they got a big defensive front. Their their linebackers are very athletic. They're very active. And so that's going to pose uh, you know great challenges for us as we prepare and we put a plan together for this week. The best part of BYU playing Boise State is that this has turned into somewhat of a rivalry game. At least I consider it a rivalry game, and lots of other people consider it a rivalry game, too. Even Bob Beeler, early on Cougar Pregame Live, the voice of the Broncos, calls it a rivalry game. And since they played it every year for the past 10 years, Coach Andy Avalos feels the same way. 
it requires your best and that's the first thing it's like it requires you to be your best every single day this week as coaches as staff members in preparation for our players to create a plan to identify uh, the personnel that that uh um, that they have that we have to be very aware of in certain situations, how we create a plan that the players are able to bring to life so that they can play fast and play physical because this is always a very physical game. BYU fans are hoping for the best for Jaron Hall today. This will be his only time to play on the Smurf turf. Coach Avalos has been impressed with Hall so far. Well, number one, he's very accurate. You can see it from his uh, touchdown to interception ratio. He's completing 66%. He is uh, a quarterback that makes all the throws. He makes the throws down the field on the outside, whether um, they're nine balls, whether back shoulder, makes the throws over the middle of the field. He makes all the immediate, intermediate throws. Um, what comes with that is his ability to extend the pocket and be able to move and throw on the run as well. And so when you really look at it, he's a complete quarterback from that standpoint. And the wide receivers, again, I mean, it's a talented group. And I know some of those guys have been banged up, but they just keep they keep showing up. They got a ton of wide receivers that are very productive. Avalos's very own quarterback, Taylor Green, looked impressive the past few weeks. He wasn't the guy who started the season. As we heard earlier, it was Hank Bachmeyer, but he's played well. And Green has improved and matured since taking over as quarterback. We've been progressing. The first thing that we said a month ago is we are going to make progress. We are going to grow. And with each time that Taylor gets to go out on the field to practice each week, there are certain objectives that we set out that, okay, this week, this is what we need to grow at. And he's been persistent. He's, he's taken advantage of his opportunity. As we all know, last week was his best performance. But we're not done. We're not done growing. There's things that are set out in front of him for this week that we'll need to meet those objectives during the week of practice. But it all comes down to, like any other position, the confidence and getting the reps at doing it especially at that position, the command, not only out when we get out in the field, but the command in the meeting room, building that confidence in there. Uh, Coach Cutter's done a great job with him in, in continuing to build him. Um, we'll have to continue that as we go through, but uh, the way he commands the huddle leads to his confidence at the line of scrimmage, leads to his confidence at um, his decision-making once that ball is snapped. And as we continue to work together, and um, there's consistent schematics that he gets comfortable with it's not about what we want or what people want to see it is about what our players not only tailing but it is about what what does our personnel do best that's football defensively it's about what does our personnel do best that we need to do to to give ourselves a chance it's it's always about the personnel Boise State has won four straight games Navalos is taking very little credit in turning this season around after starting the season 2-2. Two and two. I mean, it's all the players. It's the players' commitment. It's the players' work ethic. It's their chemistry and how they're working together, how they've committed to each other. That is the thing that has been awesome to see is how they work, how they support each other. There's been guys step up. We've been able to play, you know, whether at times out of necessity, like we're talking about, or guys earning roles. And it's been cool to see a bunch of guys get an opportunity to play. It was awesome to see all those guys play um, at the end of the night this past week. Where we're at right now is we're focused on the process each and every week. And we've done a better job of that consistently throughout the month of October. And as we go and we move forward, there are plenty of areas where we continue to grow with that to be our best, which it will be required. We have uh, a huge challenge this week, and um, our team knows that and understands that. And so 
we'll have to grow some more this week and make sure it always starts with our chemistry, how we're working together. And uh, I know our guys are eager to do that. I'm sure Boise State would like to send BYU to the Big 12 with two straight losses to the Broncos. But who knows, maybe in the in the not-too-distant future, maybe Boise State is a conference foe and a traveling partner for BYU. We'll see what happens. All right, when we come back, we'll look at some of the other action in college football. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Cleon Wall. The big game that's going on right now in the SEC, it's number one ranked Tennessee playing at third ranked Georgia. Oh yeah, Georgia's also the defending national champions. And right now, Georgia is hammering Tennessee 27-6. to It is raining in Athens, Georgia right now, and the Bulldogs are looking pretty good. It's safe to say if this score keeps up, uh, Tennessee won't be ranked number one for very much longer. Uh, Eighth-ranked Oregon is playing at Colorado, and it's the end of the third quarter there, and Oregon leads 42-10. to Really, ever since Oregon lost that first game to Georgia, the defending national champions, ever since they lost to them, they've looked impressive. By the way, Bo Nix so far, that guy who ran and passed all over BYU, he's uh, got 255 yards passing and two TDs. End of the third quarter in... Uh, in Hoosier land, and 15th ranked Penn State is leading Indiana 31 to 7. Sean Clifford has 204 yards passing for the Nittany Lions. Uh, it's just at the start of the fourth, and 16th ranked Illinois is hosting Michigan State, and Michigan State is leading in this game 23 to 15. Illinois only has one loss so far on the season, and they're actually still in contention to get to the Big Ten title game. So if Illinois is going to get to that Big Ten title game, uh, they got to do something and make a comeback. Uh, in Big 12 land, where BYU will be next season, uh, Kansas is hosting 18th-ranked Oklahoma State. And what's happening with Oklahoma State? Maybe it's injuries? Heard they've had a lot of injuries on their team. Right now, the Jayhawks leading the Oklahoma State Cowboys 34-10, 12-40 left in that game. 20th-ranked Syracuse at Pittsburgh today. And by the way, Syracuse has a, a couple of former BYU coaches on their staff. They're 6-2 and two so far in the season, but right now the Orange are trailing Pittsburgh 17 to 6 745 left in that game and at the end of the third quarter UCF and Memphis are tied at 21 UCF is ranked 25th in the nation right now other big games that are going to be coming up later today 6th ranked Alabama 10th ranked LSU 24th ranked Texas at 13th ranked Kansas State by the way Cougar fans aren't you a little excited to find out what's going to happen next who who BYU is going to be playing next season so all those teams will will keep you caught up on or we'll keep you uh, updated on how those teams are doing Utah State hosting New Mexico right now Utah State up 17-10 11-27 left in that game in big sky action Sacramento State is leading 
leading at Weber State, 33-23, to only 150 left in that game. The BYU women's volleyball team, they sweep Santa Clara in three straight sets. And uh, BYU women's soccer, they are playing tonight at LMU. Game kicks at 8 p.m. Mountain Time. You can hear all the action on BYURadio.org or the free BYU radio app. All right, that's going to do it for uh, Cougar Pregame Live. Coming up next, it's the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show with Greg Rebell and Kalani Satake. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to preview today's matchup with head coach Kalani Sataki. It's the Cougar Pregame Coaches Show, presented by Zions Bank. For big-time banking with a home team feel, Zions Bank is for you. The Pregame Coaches Show is also brought to you by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires, the team you trust. Let's rejoin Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening, Cougar football fans, and for the final time in the foreseeable future, welcome back inside Albertson Stadium in Boise, Idaho, as tonight, two teams headed in opposite directions square off on a chilly, soggy Saturday in early November. It's 4-5 and five BYU, a team on a four-game losing streak, visiting 6-2 and two Boise State, a team on a four-game win streak for BYU. It's a tenth straight week of game days with the Cougars' first bye week following tonight's contest. Will BYU take a five-game slide into the break or essentially lock up a bowl bid with a big win in Boise? We'll find out over the next four hours. My name is Greg Rubel, and I'll have your play-by-play call tonight. Sitting alongside the former BYU quarterback, the sling and scrambling southpaw, Riley Nelson. And Riley, it's a classic frying pan and fire situation for BYU. Losses to P5s, Notre Dame and Arkansas have been followed by setbacks versus independent liberty and then AAC foe ECU. Now it's the historical G5 powerhouse, Boise State, lying in wait. And the Broncos are rolling. They have a new OC, a new starting quarterback, a stifling defense, and a healthy dislike for BYU. You combine all of these factors, and the injury-riddled Cougars will be hard-pressed to stop their slide. If the Cougs come out on the winning side of tonight's equation, they'll have negated a lot of expectations because this Boise State team is looking good again. The reality is nobody gets into college football, neither players or coaches, to be charitable, right? So no matter if you're going to get off a slot, get off the slide and get a, back on the horse as far as winning football goes, it's going to be difficult no matter who the opponent. Of course, uh, it is more difficult than your average opponent being up in Boise where the Broncos, no matter who they're trotting out there, whether it's Kellen Moore or other na- newer names that uh, boy that BYU fans will familiarize themselves with today are out there there here in Albertson Stadium just nobody gets the job done up here with with much ease and uh, but I think that's what this BYU team wants they keep talking about they're still in search of playing their best I think rather than playing their best today they just need to play better and hope that their better is good enough against the Broncos on the blue turf but either way this should be a game if BYU comes out and plays it right that will come down to the wire and uh, some heroes and probably unlikely heroes due to the amount of injuries and new players we're going to see on the field for BYU will emerge. He is Riley Nelson. Coming up next, we'll hear from BYU head coach Kalani Sitake as the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show continues. For big-time banking with a home team feel, Zions Bank is for you. This is BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar Pregame Coaches Show continues. Once again, 
Here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. We are coming to you live from Albertson Stadium in Boise, Idaho. Seventh time, BYU and Boise State have met on the blue turf. BYU 1-5 in the preceding six meetings, but the last get-together resulted in a BYU win. Zach Wilson, Tyler Algier, and the Cougars battering the Broncos 51-17 to during the 2020 COVID season. There were very few fans in the stands on that night. It'll be a different story tonight. Yes, it's cold and wet, but uh, we expect a loud crowd as the Broncos seek to give Big 12-bound BYU an inhospitable send-off. Time now for my pregame conversation with BYU head coach Kalani Sitake. It's brought to you by Zions Bank. For big-time banking with a home team feel, Zions Bank is for you. And tonight, Kalani gives us some, some scouting thumbnails on the Broncos with his home team coming in shorthanded. Well, I think you just go control the stuff that you can control, and that's the your, your attitude, your level of appreciation, gratitude to the game, and uh, the guys. The, the prep has been really good this week. I, you can tell there's a sense, huge sense of urgency on their part, and um, I, you know we've had a lot of players meetings and players taking ownership and taking uh, you know holding each other accountable which is nice um, and, and they're doing it on and off the field which is good too so uh, it should pay off this, this game I mean the prep has been really good uh, Boise is a really good team they're on a, on a win streak obviously we're we're reeling a little bit especially from last week even though we played better and played tough game uh, not not the result we wanted but we can't focus on the result just focus on one play at a time and playing at our best and if we can do that I think uh, I think we'll be in good shape what are a couple of talking points about this Boise team that has won four in a row? Well, yeah, they can't just run the ball all over us. And, um, you know, Taylor Greens does a good job uh, spreading the ball out and, 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 and taking shots. And he's athletic. But uh, if we can find a way to make him one-dimensional, then, then we got to do it. And, uh, you know, all the guys have to play Simon sound. We, we can't we got to play fundamentally sound, uh, not give up big plays because of missed tackles. But, um, you know, they're a good team. Uh, we feel like we're really good, too. It's a good matchup. I think, I think they're going to get the best out of us. You can see it on film and the, and the prep, and I think it's going to be it's a good time for us to play Boise right now. When you think about Boise teams, you think about them throwing it all over the place. That's not really what they are right now. Why is that? Well, I think because they have a really good defense. I mean, their defense is ranked nationally in a lot of different categories, and I think they're going with their strength. I, I think um, their goal is not to turn the ball over, but to also grind the clock a little bit and possess the ball, but also allow their defense to make big plays for them. And they've done that all year long, especially in this this uh, win streak. They've done a great job at, at playing complimentary football and knowing what their strengths are. But uh, with that being said, we feel good about our offense and the matchup against their defense, and, and we need to do our part on defense and have special teams be the swing for us. Mm. Does their new starting quarterback, uh, Taylor Green, remind you of anybody you've had to prepare for yet this year at quarterback? Well, he's really athletic and, and big and tall, and so he's like, you know, just I, I think he's still got a, a lot of years ahead of him, but it's the Marcus Mariota type of effect where he can he can actually run the ball really well with his legs. And um, but but I think um, you know the, the coaches have asked him not to do too much and and uh, not to get too crazy and just stay in the frame of his of his responsibility. And he's done a good job of that being disciplined. Okay, each week is a story of you trying to figure out who the best next men up are. Yeah. Uh, and on offense, you're missing a few players again today. Yeah, unfortunately, we've had some injuries, and that's that happens when you you play the type of schedule we had, and then. Uh, you know the back to back to back all the way ten weeks straight, and and um, you know th- this is a this is a situation that we're in though. But it, we felt like really good about our depth from the beginning of the year. I've talked to you, you know, before the season started, and unfortunately we had to test the depth a little bit. But we still have a lot of confidence in the guys that are out there, and uh, this is their moment to shine. I'm, I'm excited to see them play. Uh, no gunner yet again today. Yeah, no gunner. Um, 
Mason Fakahua will not be playing as well, so it's going to be Lopini and Chris Brooks is still out. Pini, Miles, and, and uh, Hinkley running the ball, and um, but you know we we are out, out Kingsley this game as well, so uh, we'll, we'll roll, roll, roll with uh, Harris a chance and Joe Tukwafu starting with Connor, Clark, and Blake. Harris has had some good reps though, right tackle. You feel good about that? Yeah, and he was our, our tackle last year, so we moved him to guard because we added Kingsley and trying to get the best the best group of the guys on the team and. Um, you know, we were down a, cu- a couple of linemen this week, and so uh, that, that's the five that are going to start the game. We were, we thought after last week's game that Jacob Bohr might have to miss the first half this week on a target, and that's not the case. You got him back? Yeah, got got the waiver approved, and so they agreed that it was not targeting and that it shouldn't cost them uh, the first half of this game. Unfortunately, it cost us 15 yards and him being out for the rest of the game in, the, in last week, but we're fortunate to get him back, and he's a big-time player for us. At linebacker, no Peyton, no Max, no Chaz, but you get Pepe, ton of a sliding back to back. He's pretty versatile for you. Yeah, and then we have a group of freshmen that we're going to play. And they're still going to hold him in the window to red shirt. And so, you know, expect to see some of those freshmen, um, Michael Wilson, Tate Romney, and Bodie Schoonover, and Logan Peely all made the trip. So uh, it's a good time for those guys to step up and, and uh, get some reps here in this game. Your last couple trips to this building have been wins. One was yeah. a bowl game, one was against Boise State. It's good to be in a familiar place and against a familiar opponent. And so, I mean, I knew that I had to meet you out here to do this interview so uh, we, we know this place we're familiar with the locker room and the, the setup and so we know it's blue turf and we're excited to play this game we, 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 we know our fans will show up and we know they have a, a, a you know a great great fan base too so it's going to be a good experience for us overall tonight. Kalani thank you and good luck in this one we'll talk to you post game. Appreciate it go Cougs. Alright that is BYU head coach Kalani Sitake this has been the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show the new Tracas Cougar kickoff show coming up next on the new skin BYU Sports Network Kickoff is just around the corner you're listening to the NutraCost Cougar Kickoff Show. NutraCost, the official supplement provider of BYU Athletics. The Cougar Kickoff Show is also brought to you by Bailey's Moving. We move with you every step of the way since 1952. Also by BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Let's head live to the Built Bar broadcast booth. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Hello and good evening once again, Cougar Nation. We are coming to you live from Albertson Stadium in Boise, Idaho, the blue-turfed home of the Boise State Broncos, as tonight the slumping BYU Cougars seek to slow down the streaking Broncos, BYU 4-5 and five on the year, and pursuing bowl eligibility, Boise State 6-2, and two, and has already secured postseason qualification for a 25th consecutive season. This is the Nutricost Cougar Kickoff Show, presented by Nutricost, the official supplement provider of BYU Athletics. Greg Rubel with Riley Nelson in the booth, former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens joining us from the sidelines in the Zions Bank end zone. For big time banking with a home team feel, Zions Bank is for you. Our scoreboard host is Cleon Wall. Our booth engineers Michael Wimmer and Clark Jackman. Our spotter is Sean Firmage. Our statistician Grant Nielsen. Coordinating producer is Terry South. Our control board operators Adam Woodall and Logan Gardner. Our broadcast interns are Amy Harris here in Boise and Jared Call back at BYU Radio. You are tuned in on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our satellite flagship is BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143. Our Salt Lake City over-the-air flagship is KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. You can listen on the BYU Radio app, the KSL app, as well as BYURadio.org and our network affiliates in Utah and Idaho. 
be sure to subscribe to the BYU Football Podcast for broadcast archives and highlights. You can also get those on the BYU Radio app and at byuradio.org. Search sports or shows and look for BYU football. What a difference a month makes. On October 5th, BYU was 4-1 and one and ranked 16th nationally. On November 5th, BYU's 4-5 and five and has one of the most generous defenses in college football, has been hammered by injuries, and now lead, needs at least one win in its last two road games to get bowl eligible. With a Big 12 membership just around the corner, it has not been Riley Nelson the springboard season. It felt like it might be just a few short weeks ago. It's not, but the reality is once you get into the conference, that's what's really going to matter is can you get into the conference. I think that there is something to building momentum from one season to the next, but we don't have to look too far back into BYU's history to see that uh, things can change very, very quickly. I think about 2019, right, and that season ending in a loss against Hawaii in a bowl game and coming into that next season, people were questioning whether Zach Wilson was the right guy, open QB competition, you know, estimates were like, man, if we can get boiled again and of course that year you know they took off like a rocket there was unique circumstances because of covid but obviously wasn't a fluke because they come back the next year uh which was last year and produced double digit wins again so fortunes can change very quickly in the off season you do want to build momentum from one year to the next but the reality is these cougars need to take care of business with the remaining three games on the schedule and starting today with the broncos well, the new Tricos Cougar kickoff show continues after we remind you to go to BigOtires.com and make an appointment at one of 50 locally owned and operated Utah locations. Big O Tires, the team you trust. The new Tricos Cougar kickoff show continues after this. This is live from Albertson Stadium in Boise, Idaho on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar Kickoff Show continues. Let's head back to the Built Bar Broadcast booth with Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, to BYU and Boise State coming up at the top of the hour, 13th all-time meeting. Boise has won eight of the previous 12 get-togethers. In Provo, BYU 3-3 against the Broncos here on the Blue Turf. BYU 1-5. The Cougs were 0-5 till that big win here two years ago. Well, it seems that uh, every season I find myself saying the same thing, and that thing is this. This feels like the worst season BYU's ever had when it comes to injuries. The list of names who have missed games is is as as long as it has ever been. And again this week, multiple would-be starters will be missing. Among them, on offense, Gunnar Romney, Cody Epps, Chris Brooks, and Kingsley Suamataia. On defense, Malik Moore, Peyton Wilgar, Max Tooley, Chaz Ayu. Not to mention multiple, numerous depth players who will also be unavailable tonight. Nationally, BYU started more different players than only two other teams. Now, Riley, regardless of whether the injury issues are more bad luck than tactics or training, BYU will have a very difficult time surviving, let alone thriving in the Big 12, if they have to continually, annually deal with these kinds of personnel problems. No doubt about it, Greg. If there is a silver lining in this, though, it is an, it is a chance to develop depth, and hopefully the these players that have been being called on as the players in front of them are getting injured, the second and third stringers are getting called on to come in and play and produce. Yeah, let's let's be real. The first teamers started the losing streak, and now it's the second, teamer, second and third teamers, right? It's the depth of this BYU roster that's being called on to end the streak that was started, and so the 
if there is any silver lining to be had, it's that the as they get game meaningful game reps and they're called on to produce in a meaningful way, uh, that continues to produce the depth of the program. But you're right, Greg. They, you know, whatever analysis programs are out there in the off season, bringing in doctors, examining what the injuries were, how they happen, and how they can be prevented in the future, has uh, got to be priority number one in the off season. Time now for tonight's Hyatt Place Comfort Zone feature at Hyatt Place Provo. Your safety and comfort will always be our highest priority. And quarterback Jaron Hall has been comfortable in the pocket this season because BYU is one of only uh, one of uh, well, they're one of the top 25 teams in the FBS in sacks allowed. BYU allows only 1.2 sacks per game. Jaron Hall's been sacked only four times over the last four games. And Riley, when the pocket does break down, Jaron can still make a play. And last week he finally got loose and gained some significant rushing yards. Season-high 60 yards on the ground, more than double his previous single-game high this season. And Aaron Roderick told me that uh, Hall's ground numbers had been kept down a little bit by design, but there's almost no sense of trying to protect him. He gets banged up no matter where he plays or how he's hit, in the pocket or otherwise. It is a luxury to have a quarterback that is a threat with his feet. It is also a luxury to not have to rely upon that quarterback's feet for the the offense. So luckily BYU has had laying in wait the luxury of Jaron Hall's uh, legs to be a threat to opposing defenses and for at during certain games and at times during the schedule has had the luxury of need, not needing to expose him to the hits and the wear and tear that comes from go, getting out and running the game. I was happy to see that emerge again uh, last week. It was definitely needed to, you know, take that team down or take that game last week down to the wire 20 24-24, obviously with the game-winning attempt, the field goal attempt that went through for ECU. It's, in my opinion, it will be needed here again today. Jaron is going to need to come out and get at least those 60 yards, if not more, to keep pace with these Broncos. We are back with more of the new Tracost Cougar Kickoff Show, live from Albertson Stadium in Boise on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Getting you geared up for game time. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Now, back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU and Boise State uh, concluding an interstate rivalry here tonight. Uh, A new contract for this series was canceled with BYU's admission to the Big 12. So who knows if or when these teams will ever play again on the blue turf here in Boise. Well, Riley, BYU's defensive struggles have been evident in the weekly NCAA stats report. The Cougs in the bottom 25 in a multitude of categories from first downs allowed to third down percentage to rush defense and pass efficiency defense, sacks, tackles for loss. There's nothing on which to really hang a hat right now. A lot of guys play, but not enough of them making plays, let's say. And uh, that's been a season-long problem. Uh, Boise State, meantime, playing lights out. Uh, One of the top defensive units in all college football. BYU's offense will be challenged to move the sticks tonight. Boise allows only 11 first downs per game. You said it earlier off air, Greg, when we were talking about our feelings for this game. They're going to need at least double that number. I think they're going to, if they can get 25 first downs. Look, BYU has gotten wins with with fewer numbers uh, as far as first downs go. But against this Boise, but, but that's where they've been able to break a lot of big plays, right? They've had 10-plus uh, explosive plays throughout a game. I do not see that being the formula for victory here against these Broncos. BYU is going to need to methodically push the ball down the 
the field, which means they got to get a lot of uh, a lot of first downs. Conversely, when BYU has had success in the recent uh, games, they have been able to keep the opponent off schedule. Uh, you tweeted out earlier this week four games without a sack. It was four games ago, and in the month of September, I believe uh, the tweet said when BYU recorded their last sack, they need. To, it's going to be a tall task today against the Broncos, but they need to get that kind of disruption in the opponent's backfield to give themselves a chance at victory. As we head to break, uh, time now for tonight's Player to Watch, brought to you by VidAngel. Skip offensive content and movies and shows when you watch with VidAngel. Learn more at vidangel.com. And Riley, who's your player to watch in tonight's game against Boise State? Player to watch tonight is Micah Harper. He was uh, featured in our uh, conversation with the players in the in the pregame, but he's a player that whose effort I've not seen a dip. If anything, I've seen an elevation in his effort and consistency playing from that safety position. And uh, with BYU being very thin at linebacker, he's going to be needed uh, to come up and plug holes in the run game against the Boise team that I think is going to try first. Their primary goal will be to beat BYU with the run, and uh, he's going to play a big part in that, including I see his leadership role gaining and keeping the morale and uh, and his boys lined up and playing hard all four quarters. All right, he is Riley Nelson. Coming up, we'll head down to field level and then hear from Mitchell Jurgens as the new Tricos Cougar kickoff show continues after this, live from Albertson Stadium on the Boise State University campus in Boise, Idaho, on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Let's get back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. to BYU and Boise State straight ahead. Cougs on a four-game slide. Broncos on a four-game winning run. And Riley at Boise State was 2-2 two and two, and had just gotten smoked by UTEP when changes were made. Starting quarterback Hank Bachmeyer benched. O.C. Tim Plough fired, replaced by staffer and former Boise State and NFL head coach Dirk Cutter. And since the shakeup, the Broncos are 4-0. New quarterback Talon Green will be a problem. The running backs led by George Halani are a load. There's no Khalil Shakir on this team, so the receivers are more solid than spectacular. But with as dominant as Boise's defense has been, the new offensive look has been just good enough. Uh, Green in particular, impressive to watch. 6'6", 220 and is really as productive with his legs as he is his arm. He doesn't look a lot like Jaron Hall because he's, you know, if you took Jaron Hall and stretched him by half a foot, but uh, I do see similarities in their game in that he is really unflappable. He makes very good decisions. He doesn't put his team at risk. I think that's part of the way, that, part of the reason that he was able to wrestle the job away from Hank Bachmeyer, who started here for multiple seasons in a row for Boise State. The other thing is obviously Dirk Cutter is a very experienced and seasoned coach who knows how to put, to, put his players in positions to be successful. 
successful. That's what he's done with Taylor Green. You heard Kalani say it in his pregame interview with you. They don't ask him to do to open up the entire playbook. Rather, they stay within a corridor to where he, uh, you know, that where it uh, accentuates his strengths, and he does a good job staying within that and not making mistakes outside of it. He is going to be the key player for this BYU team to stop. Let's head down now to field level and former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens. Mitch reporting from the Zions Bank end zone for big time banking with a home team field. Zions Bank is for you. And Mitch, uh, backs almost against the wall in Boise after a winless October. The first winless October since 2014. Now you were on that 2014 team that went through that four-game slide midseason. What do you remember about the skid and how you came out of it and what from that experience, if anything, could apply to the 2022 BYU squad? Yeah, Greg, I remember being tested in, in many ways as a team. I mean, after starting 4-0 behind a, a Heisman-type year that Taysom was having, it almost felt like the sky fell all in one moment when Taysom got injured and hobbled off the field against Utah State. Um, looking back, I know we weren't ready for the adversity to hit us as it took us a number of games to bounce back. Though, I also remember just how much we believed our team could do something special. Uh, Christian... All right, we lose Mitch uh, down at field level. We're sorry for that. Uh, we'll get Mitch back uh, shortly, we hope. Coming up next, we'll have Riley's Ford keys to the game, starting lineups and the opening kick. This has been the Nutricost Cougar Kickoff Show, live from Albertson Stadium in Boise, on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.